It's 3 o'clock on Dukes and Bell. I find it interesting. Thanks for making us your sports station. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Things we've already found out on this show today. AI is real. I found that out through fast food at Arby's today when <laughs> AI took my order. I, not Allen Iverson, guys. Things are not that tough for him. We're talking about artificial intelligence. Thank you, Mike. I'm glad you said that because people might have misconstrued right. that. Uh, we have horsey sauce. We're talking about horsey sauce. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we also found out that everybody needs a new hoe. Gardening tool um, on this show. And, and we have also, all right, found out that Terry Fontenot believes. We're talking about practice. Exactly. That Terry Fontenot, our general manager, believes that you have to improve the entire defense and not just focus on pass rush. We are learning a lot of things on this show today. Coming up in 20 minutes, we're going to talk about what Quinn Snyder had to say. Uh, also, Landry Fields um, talking about getting this, this new regime and the partnership between him, Quinn Snyder, and, and Kyle Korver, and everybody involved mm-hmm. as the Hawks take on the Wizards tonight. Um, Hawks are favored, by the way, as they should be. But at the end of the day, games we've been favored in this year hadn't meant anything, Mike, because we right. found ways at the end to, to blow them. And uh, the other night was just it felt good because we were able to hold on and win and Trey hit a big shot. Tonight, we'll see what happens, but this is the first game for Quinn Snyder. We're going to talk more about it. And you're going to see these guys. It's kind of weird how the schedule came up. We mentioned you get the Wizards four times, so it's Porzingis and company. I mean, they play better defense than we do. You could argue but they don't score as much as the Hawks, so we'll see where it goes. But this is one of those teams where you could argue – most fans would say that's at least three out of four, four dubs yeah. right there. I, I totally agree. All right, guys, hit us up, 404-741-0929. And that is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Chris, let's get to an NFL. Welcome to the NFL. With news and notes from around the league, this is NFL Blitz on Dukes and Bell. What's wrong with Daniel Snyder, man? Well, he's a criminal. I mean, sorry, he's a he, – well, eventually he'll get convicted for something, but he's just a creep. He's just a creepy guy. And, like, there's other NFL owners that have done some shady business deals. Remember, Haslam had to pay a fine to the federal government for his his gas station business. But in this case, there's so much stuff. And Bezos, that story about Jeff Bezos looking to, you know, put together some exploration into buying the uh, commanders, you'd need a forensic accountant, the likes of which, you know, the IRS would use to get underneath his fingernails because who knows what he's pulled. But this is one the feds are already on. They took a $55 million line of credit, and he never told his co-owners. There's a, there's a, some silent partners that are uh, billionaires, Carl, and they were never made uh, aware of this. Yeah, I I just think there's a lot here um, when it comes to – and understand this. What Snyder wants, as simple mm. as I can put it, He basically wants to be able to sell the team and walk away with no recourse, no legal action moving forward, nothing that's going to follow him. So in essence, he wants to sell this team for $6 billion, take the money and run, and never have to deal with any of the consequences of these lawsuits that are pending, and more importantly, the investigations that are looking into how he handled business. Just because you sell the team doesn't mean you didn't have illegal activity. And he's basically telling the other owners, well, unless I get that, I'm not going to do this. And then the other owners are saying, well, then we're going to vote you out and take your team. And the other thing is, again, I'm not a lawyer. I just play one on the radio. But if you committed some form of fraud in the application for the loan, it's, it still happened, right? There's no there's no statute of limitations. No. I mean, there's got to be one something in Virginia, wherever this thing went down. But that's still, regardless if he's the owner, he still perpetrated the fraud. 
Either way, it continues to be Jerry Jones rumored to try to broker some kind of settlement to get him out of the league. And remember, they kind of threw Jim Irsay out there at the owners' meetings a few months ago to say, I think it's time we moved on from Snyder. And that was all that was, guys, was a trial weather balloon. I think Irsay drew the short straw on that. Yep, I agree. So Snyder is just trying to dictate the terms yep. when he's not in a place to dictate them. You, you, you have no say here. You want to sell the team? Great. But we're not getting rid of all this, these lawsuits and pending right. issues you've got out there. But the thing is, again, if you are Bezos and everything, even though you've got, you know, you're one of the richest guys on the planet, you just laid it out. The idea that you could still have people coming at you for lawsuits, you know, it seems to be civil actions over something that Daniel Snyder pulled. All right. NFL Blitz brought to you by our friends at Priority Men's Medical Centers. Check them out at PriorityMensMedical.com. Deron Payne officially gets franchise tagged. That's, ah, that's not good news. Uh, we wanted a, a run at this guy. We right. still may, guys. Just because you're franchise tag doesn't mean you don't get traded. But the commanders have placed a franchise tag on defensive tackle Deron Payne. They made it official. Again, that means he would, if not worked out a long-term deal, get $18.9 million for the 2023 season because that's the number for franchise tagging a defensive lineman. Now, my guess is, Mike, they'll work out a long-term deal, and he'll be a $20-plus million player in this league. Right. Um, but we're going to see where it goes. We liked him because of his age. As you said, Hargraves with the Eagles is 30. This guy's 26. And that's what made him a slightly better option for us if we could ever get him. But now you won't get your hands on him unless they really fall apart in those negotiations. All right. New rule, uh, apparently made to the competition committee. There are always a handful of proposals that are on the table. But they are talking about including a reprise for the proposal for an onside kick alternative, Mike. Uh, they, That's that goofy fourth and 15. I know. I don't like it. I know. All right. All right. Listen, they're going to look at it. The NFL also tabled discussions on proposals to allow teams to try the fourth and 15 rather than an onside yeah. kick, to your point. The XFL has implemented that rule. Uh, St. Louis pulled off, I think, a conversion. Now, I've not watched one second of the XFL, so I wouldn't know. Was that this? What was the name of the St. Louis team? The River Cats, the ah, River Dogs. Ah, the, the, ah, I don't know. Oh, the Battle. Sorry, Chris. Of course, the Battle Hawks. How silly of me. But, yeah, this is one that uh, I, I think it's way too gimmicky. That's great for arena football. You don't put that in the National Football League. No. Now, I need a review of roughing the passer because you've given the refs too much power and it's too much open to interpretation and they misinterpret it so often like they did against. Like the Grady hit would be the video. The only video you'd ever have to show for this would be the Grady hit on Tom Brady earlier in the season down in Tampa. Yeah. And that would be it. But I think, like, instant replay, you've got to make re- – I know, I know the game's already taken too damn long, but the refs screw so many things up. I need replay for the pass play interference, and I, need, I definitely, Carl, need it for the roughing the passer. We'll see if uh, the comp- com- competition committee changes any of this stuff. I doubt. Remember Goodell telling us all that there's really nothing wrong with her officiating <laughs> this year in the state of the NFL speech. I doubt that they will. Meanwhile, Pete Carroll says he's good with Russell Wilson after a report came out that the uh, quarterback tried to get him fired. Really? Okay. I mean, probably good with it because Pete Carroll still has his job in Seattle, and they mm. traded him. I mean, he has no bearing now on what's going to happen with Pete Carroll. Right. Pete Carroll doesn't need to be a jerk and say, well, yeah, I mean, Russell shouldn't have done that. Keep it moving. Right, but Russell was trying to make a power play. Didn't like Schneider, the general manager. Remember, it all started a few years back when his agents came up with this yep. list of teams he'd go to, and everyone's like, well, that's silly. You, you can't be traded. The uh, Speaking of quarterbacks, the uh, search for a quarterback, if you're the Jets – if you're Carolina, we always said that Carolina doesn't really probably go with a retread, but do you think Derek Carr's value is so much better than anyone they've rolled through there since Cam Newton? Yes. Because unless you're gonna draft mm. yeah, Anthony Richardson. Correct. 
And that may, and they, they might be rumored. The Charlotte Observer had an article. We'll talk to Joe Person. We'll go through all our buddies in the, in the division before the draft. But they were talking about maybe moving up and uh, and pursuing maybe something a little bit better than Richardson, who is a guy high risk, high reward. Cars talking to everybody. Saints, Par- uh, Carolina, the Jets, everybody in the mix. And uh, he's doing this up at the Combine. And he's, it might even be a backup if Aaron Rodgers decided to move. Maybe yeah. the Packers would kick the tires on Carr. Who, who's going to be the first domino? Ever? I don't think Aaron Rodgers goes anywhere, Okay, if I'm honest. Well, listen, the last two years we kept thinking that, and he didn't go anywhere. This dark room retreat obviously hasn't done anything because he's announced nothing right. since he came out of it. I, I don't know. I, I'm just wondering who the first domino is going to be. Chris, you just said something very interesting to me about Leslie Frazier. He was up for a bunch of jobs, correct? Uh, defensive coordinator for the, the Bills, right? Yeah, so he's going to actually take this season off. Yeah. So you got to wonder if not getting a job maybe finally got to him a little bit. Yeah. He's a dude that uh, he's literally taking a year off. And uh, I, I wonder at some point would he engage in one of those. Uh, I, I don't know. People have asked us a number of times about Brian, the status of Brian Flores' litigation, and I don't know yeah. I, where it's at and if there's still enough people. Because we were talking to lawyers who said, I think it was Amy, was it Amy Dash? Way back when. Came on and told us that. Uh, I find it interesting. <laughs> but that you'd need more than two or three guys in this class action suit. And would he be one of those uh, coaches who felt that there is a prejudice amongst owners? And would you join Brian Flores in his lawsuit? You know what, Amy? You know what I find interesting <laughs> is she did it first. Then we just did it right. next time we talked to her. I don't even think she picked that up. Do you? No. I don't think she picked it but up. We like her, though. Oh, we do. She's great. It's Dukes and Bell. Sports Radio 929 <laughs> The Game. Um, I just, my. I'm sorry. I'm just sitting here thinking, like, I get it. Leslie Frazier's been in this this coaching hiring cycle. Or for maybe a he's while. got a little bit of burnout. Like I was going to say, Quinn just Quinn Snyder just walked away and I then agree. got back in. Yeah, I, I don't want to. Chris, I get what you're saying. I just don't want to put it on that. Like, brother's so frustrated. I'm taking a year off. Mm. But if it was that, I understand. But I don't know. It's it is interesting. That's hey, man, who's the most aggressive coach in the NFL? Probably Sirianni, right, by the, how he handled himself over the course of the playoffs for you the mean, Eagles? You mean going for it? Going for it. Yeah. Well, there's an aggressiveness index. This article came out wait, earlier. Wait, wait, wait. Brandon, what about uh, the, the Chargers coach? Let's take a look at the numbers. Okay. Uh, it's from Football Outsiders. And aggressiveness index and numbers designed to center around generally describing how much more likely a coach is to go for it on fourth down compared to his peers. And unfortunately, other than the time we should have gone for it against the Saints in week one, Arthur Smith was one of the most aggressive coaches. Sirianni was number one. McDaniel uh, down in Miami was two. Arthur Smith was three. Okay. Cliff Kingsbury was fourth. And Matt LaFleur was fifth. Now, that's not saying they they got the fourth down. No, they, they're going for it. Okay. Yep. Right. And uh, if you want to say who's the most conservative, it was uh, Salah with the Jets, Bill Belichick, uh, Dennis Allen. Mike Tomlin, ironically, in Pittsburgh, one of the more conservative coaches, maybe because of his rookie quarterback. I believe that. Yeah. That's interesting, though. Uh, mm. Do you like our coach to be in the top yes. three? Yes. I love it. I love aggressiveness, and I love the fact that football. Now, this. Now I have to admit, I can't stand analytics, but guys are going for it more than ever on the wrong side of the 50 mm. because it sustains drives and gives you a better chance to win the game. But I just thought the only time that Arthur should have gone for it that he didn't was that game where, remember, Marcus botches the snap on third down, it kind of spooked Arthur Smith, and we punted. And we never got the ball back, and Jameis beat us. Yeah. Listen. That go- one drove me crazy. Well, my, my deal, and it was, it, that came back to bite us even as the end of the season. But I know he comes on our show every week. We're talking about Coach Arthur Smith. 
doing the football And we grilled season. him over it. Yeah, yeah. And, and he keeps talking about every one of these decisions are individual. And sometimes I just think you can be overly aggressive. You know, I can't tell you guys how many times I'm, I'm at the game or I'm at home and I'm going, take the points, Art! Right. Just kick the field goal and, and take the points. All right, we got plenty more to dive into, including Quinn Snyder. What did he say about relationship building with the star of his team? That star... It is Dukes and Bell coming up. You're going to get a chance to hear from Terry Fontenot. He was on today with Andy and Randy um, talking about all things NFL Combine, all things Falcons. And, you know, this is the the part of the offseason where a lot of these big decisions are going to be made. One was made today, Mike, and before we talk about Quinn Schneider, um, as we started the show, we were talking about Marcus Mariota. This was a no-brainer for the Falcons. Um when you talk about moving forward and, and where your team is and what's going to be the makeup of your team. If you are committed to Desmond Ritter, which apparently everything points to that, mm-hmm. um, then then releasing Marcus Mariota and saving $12 million was a no-brainer. You add cap space, so we're right under $70 million now. The only team that has more cap space is what, the Bears than us? So, Again, when you say, how are we going to spend all of this? Uh, guys, it doesn't mean you go out and make poor decisions just because you got a big fat check. We still have to make the right decisions in free agency. But, Mike, um, the, the release of Marcus Mariota today, I don't think game is any – it should not have been no. as any surprise. And as we said, I just – I thought the guy would be the perfect fit because this was a gap year and it was probably the best you could get for the price. And I just couldn't believe what I was seeing at the end there. I mean, it just – it really did kind of get sideways. He's everything uh, – give me some credit, guys. I got this one right. We talked about it in August. He's everything we I thought he'd be, Carl. Inconsistent. He's just got a guy – he can – one minute he looks like he's an NFL player for yep. another 10 years, and then the next minute you look like he's never played the position. Inconsistency. Missing the receivers. We can talk about how Drake London became so much more productive once Ritter got out there. Well, we tried to – matched the numbers in four games when, uh, when you had Ritter under center. Mike, I, I'm with you. We tried to support him as long as we could. I mean, it got to a point in the – season where it was like okay we're done right yeah and as we said the, the, the Carolina game which you and I attended and we had such a great time at oh my god that Hooters that's still gonna be one of the best Dukes and Bell live broadcasts of all time so much fun but yeah it just that game was such a letdown and that's when I really I thought if there was a mistake that oh Fontenot, you mean when the bus of 200 people rolled in <laughs> I forgot about that yeah. by the way you should have seen the Carolina Panthers fans faces <laughs> when we we had Eric our, our Eric the Eric was spinning some really good stuff. Yeah, some yeah. stuff the edited version, non-edited, and people were going bananas. It was literally it was off the chain. It, it was. It was a but no, I just thought they should have gone. That's where I thought Arthur Smith, and we asked him time after time, he wasn't going to put Ritter out there. What did Ernest and Julio Gallo say? We'll serve no wine before it's time. <laughs> well, they weren't going to put Ritter out there anytime soon. I just wish we had those extra three weeks to see what he's about. All right, let's shift gears, talk about our Hawks tonight. Any expectations? Yeah, win this one, man. You got a good thing going right now. I, I agree. Under strange circumstances. Let's keep moving. Um, in, in Trey's words, we move. Let's move. Let's keep moving. Let's keep winning. The Wizards uh, are a team that, you know, are, are there to be taken advantage of. But it's still an NBA team. And let, let's hear from Quinn Snyder because one of the things he said to us yesterday, um, and it's the most important question for me, guys. And it might not get answered this year, by the way. They may play well. We may, we may go on a run. But this whole thing about how these players buy in and specifically to the coach and the star being on the same page, this is what Quinn Snyder said to us yesterday. If you think you need, a player needs to do something to get better and he doesn't think it, they're not going to embrace it the way um, that you want them to and it's not going to happen. So um, I, I think that process of you know, really explaining why um, is, is important. In, in Donovan's case, like Trey, I mean, they're, they're gifted players. And, 
you know, I think understanding why um, really is a, is foundational as far as um, getting someone to to buy into what you're really you're. It's not what you're doing; it's what what you're doing together. It's what you're doing together, and I think the most important thing is his first comment there, where he says, "No matter what you think a player needs to get better at, if he doesn't think that, it is not going to happen." Right. So. Um, I just think, you know, you and I have debated what, why things have not been like we thought they were going to be with these two point guards. And you've talked about it a lot. You know, both guys are ball dominant. How do you maximize that? We asked, uh, you know, Quinn Snyder about that. The idea that I thought, I thought from the jump, Trey's three-point shooter was going to go up because he's going to move without the ball. And because of DeJounte's ability to penetrate, he's going to get some really good open looks. And that's really not how it's gone. Of late, he's certainly taken more three-point shots. And again, in his defense and in the team's defense, no idea what Nate was trying to do at times in the half court. The one thing for certain, this is – see, I don't know how you do this as a coach, coming out of an all-new staff, but it's not your staff, and yet you're trying to impl- – how much is Quinn going to be implementing some of his own game plan, you know, and when he sees the evolution of the game and just maybe some basic, basic observations? I, I do think, Mike. So, for example, let's just say tonight you call a timeout, all the assistants are out there, right? You always see this. Guys huddle up, players go to the bench. And during that timeout, you know, sometimes you're talking about real stuff, sometimes they're not, just for your info. Uh, I'm just calling timeout to give my guys a rest, or I'm calling timeout because somebody needed uh, a second. But, Mike, let's just say Joe Prunty says, hey, I think we should run this. And Quinn listens, and he says, okay, and they get back to the bench, and he's drawing it up, and then Prunty is drawing everything up, or at least you know has told him what he wants to do, and then Quinn goes, okay, let's add this. I don't think it's going to be, like, evasive in your face. Are you stupid? We're not doing that. He's not going to do that. He's going to take their advice. And then if I know from my experience, hey, I think this will work, let's add this or let's change this, I don't think anybody in the circle is going to be offended. This is why he's here. This is why they're paying him. So I think that's what you do now. Now you get to to the end of the season, 20 games from now, you get to the playoffs, it's all Quinn. And I don't think there should be any question. But right now coming in, I think you want to respect your guys and say, hey, what have you guys been doing? What are you running out of this? Oh, okay. Let me try. Let's try this. That's how I think he's going to approach it. So this team is, uh, you know, as we said, they've got all the weapons. We've talked about what we thought they were going to be. Now let's reach. And I just think there's a new energy. I think we've been guys. I've I've gone through it in my personal life in work relationships with with bosses. A boss that I wanted to choke out. You get the new boss in, and everything's hunky dory. It's a more productive atmosphere because all the all the bad energy is gone. Right? That you what's, again? What's the phrase I keep blowing up? New NRE, relationship, NRE. new relationship energy. Yeah. Carl's talking about. Yeah, it's real. Think about your last one. It's real. <laughs> Think about how excited you were. Like we're going out. Chris is smiling because he's got like six of them. But you're going out. We're going to dinner. We're going. And you're you're all excited. This, right. this is what happens. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio ninety two nine. The game. One more Quinn Snyder thing. Talking about um, you know on building on the last two games. And this is what Mike is saying. Got the Wizards. We got the Trailblazers Friday night. Trailblazers, I think they're in 10th in the Western Conference. Now, listen, Dame's a problem for anybody, but that's the NBA. They all have stars. It's a game that's winnable. That's what we're talking about. When we start looking at this schedule, Mike, and you go, that's a winnable game. That's like the Heat game. We play them back-to-back. Now, here's the deal. and I'm just Two in Miami, by the way, with a day separation. That might be a problem. Called South Beach. Correct. So, Saturday night, you might get a dub. Come back Monday, maybe if guys are hanging out, having a good time, it's just real life. I don't know how that's going to play out. But if you're able to get two in Miami, huge. Because then you're at the Wizards next Wednesday, Mike. All of a sudden, you've got a five-game stretch that you could really take advantage of. And just when I thought Miami was kind of going out the window, they had a four-game losing streak. They just beat the Sixers. That's right. 
So obviously, you know, they've got some injuries, expect, et cetera, but it's still the Eastern Conference. It's still a lot of competition. But, yeah, I just the, – the idea that you could come in here under, under this set of circumstances and find a way to get into that sixth seed, that's something. Although, again, no, no blank, Sherlock. The seventh seed is the best of all the play-in ones because you're doing less work. But still, it's, there's nothing guaranteed. All right, here is uh, Quinn Snyder talking about building on the last couple of Hawks wins. Um, and, again, you know, I, I'm very cognizant of the fact that I think we need to be careful trying to reinvent the wheel. You know, the last two games, the way we've played, you know, Joe's done a terrific job. Players, you know, sharing the ball, coming together. Um, there's there's some things, hopefully, that you see that, that you have success in that you, you try to continue to do and then, you know, do do it more. That's what we're hoping to do tonight. All right. Mm. By the way, pregame's at 7. Mike Concho will have the pre-half and post for you. Tips at 7.30. Steve Holman, bang, with the call right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Uh, we were talking about this in the break amongst ourselves. I just want to bring it up. Leonard Fournette of the Buccaneers says he asked for his release from the Bucks after the season, Mike, and he says they responded to my wishes. Or wishes. They respected them. So no bad blood between myself or the Buccaneers. I asked the guys, I said, does anybody want to take a flyer on Fournette? Now, we currently have Tyler Algier. Obviously, CP takes carries. But you, you have to believe with the age and the usage of CP, Algier is going to be the guy that gets most of the carries. We, the, we still need another back. And the general manager, you'll hear the conversation, what, next hour, right? We'll play it for you. But you talked about you can never have, as you said, never have enough running backs. All the elite teams have multiples. Uh, and then sometimes even you got multiples and you still can't get the job done like the Cowboys, you know. But in this case, I think Fournette, Chris Branch in Buffalo, that's a nice idea. That's a really good fit. But I would think we might get it off the tree, you know, get it in the draft because you can always find a running back, Carl, from four to seven. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a vet like him, I'm not sure. But, but, but in a red zone and short yardage, he's, he's, he's a great, he's the perfect oh, weapon. He's great. I don't know what the salary commands or demands would be there, but Leonard Fournette is being released by the Buccaneers. That, listen, that Bucks team, we're saying this. This, this division is wide open. Yeah, the Saints. I mean, that, to be quite honest, I'm not sure. I still don't believe that you know, they're going to do anything with Andy Dalton. Maybe now, if they get Derek Carr down there with the Saints, and they've got some weapons, they've got young wide receivers, and you know, getting a more con- although Bobby Aber made the argument that it sounds crazy, but the Red Rifle wasn't actually stinking it up down there in New Orleans. Yeah, it's hard to believe because our perception of him is different right. than what he was. The washed up guy, just kind of bouncing around at this stage. Carson Wentz, we mentioned yesterday. Uh, there's some talk that perhaps I think Dan Orlovsky on ESPN said he thinks he might be interested in going down to Miami. Mm. And the thing is with Wentz. This is all those weapons in Miami, and I don't know if Wentz will ever get his head on straight because if you know, ty- look, Tua Tungavailoa doing judo and learning how to fall. Yeah, I'm glad you learned how to fall. The guy who's going to throw you on the ground has something to say on how you're going to fall. <laughs> so I still think that Dolphin situation is so tenuous at quarterback. No, it is. Uh, I don't think they go get a guy, but I do think they bring in a veteran guy to, to back him up. Right. All right, guys, plenty more to get to. Yeah, man, no man's on the way. We're going to get to uh, the dog report as well coming up at 4 o'clock today. Um, a returning coach. I mean, all this turmoil about who's leaving, who's not. Todd Munkin ended up leaving. Glenn Schumann is returning to Athens. We're going to talk about that coming up here in 30 minutes. But when we come back, Bo Morgan joins us next for Yeah Man, No Man. Coming up, you'll hear the Terry Fontenot interview in its entirety. Coming up at 420, stop by general manager of our Falcons. Stop by the Andy and Randy show. We're going to tell you where Mike and I are going to be come Friday, and we want you to come hang out with us. Very excited about it. And uh, for those folks on the south side who have not had a chance to do it, 
Uh, this will be your opportunity to come hang yeah. out with us, man. We're going to tell you more about what's going on a- with that. All right, so make sure you stay tuned. Right now, let's get to Yeah Man. Does he have an Arby's hat on? Yes, Squid Billy is wearing an Arby's hat right now. It's the old Arby's uh, logo, you know, that big, uh, sort of tall, vertical uh, sort of, I, I, I don't know what you call that, 10-gallon? Uh, it looks like it. Yeah, you meets, said it meets a stovetop, uh, stovepipe hat. You said he looks like a Zach Brown band, right? He does, he does. All right, let's get to Yeah Man, No Man. Carl, don't be fooled. We always are watching. Always. <laughs> it's time for Yeah Man, No Man. Kind of makes me wonder why the hell so many people are trying to tell me to slow down. Seems like they should be shutting the hell up and enjoying the show. He's six foot one. Not really. From Florida. Kennesaw State. And gives rapid fire questions. <laughs> it's the executive producer of the Dukes and Bell Show, Bo Morgan. Brought to you by the W Sauce, America's Worcestershire Sauce. Bigger, better, bolder. All right, Bo, uh, what is going on? It's just weird to be talking to you with that yeah. hat on, but well, watch it, by the way. Watch it on Twitch, where all the cool kids are on Twitch, ATL929. So, full, full disclosure, yeah. this hat's way too damn big for me. Mm. So I turned, I did the old catcher trick. I turned my baseball cap around backwards and put the hat nice. over it, it and looks- now it actually fits. Okay. I gotta be honest, you know, I probably next thing you know you'll see Russell Westbrook wearing that into an arena. That's probably something to see in Vogue. <laughs> it's true. Well, this just looks like a Cam Newton hat. So yeah, I mean, what's the difference? It does. No, listen, uh, I forgot. Bob, that- look at it, Rob. Look at the feed on Twitch right now. Squid Billy just barely peeks over the ninety-two nine and Key logo on the camera. It's very funny. <laughs> but Check I forgot out. that they had sent those. This is, these are from Arby's. Arby's had sent us some food. This is way back when. Uh, big beef and cheddar. Oh, thank you. We're big beef and cheddar guys. Yes, and Chris reminded me it was the Wagyu burger they sent. That's right. Uh, and they sent these hats. And, and again, big shout out to folks at Arby's. I took those to the fire department that my grand my father in law was in town, and he had to go to the, the hospital had a little medical emergency. The Wagyu. I took yeah, I took the Wagyu beef burgers down to those guys. They went hog wild on them. Yeah, so, them, it's, they're just delicious. But to my point, you look good in the hat. I mean, maybe you should wear this more often. This I think should that should be your, your look. Statement. I think that should be your look, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, but I would have to wear like a beanie underneath it to fill in because if you turn around, you can see oh the hat behind. Yeah, there you, is right. a hat behind mm-hmm. it. So I, I do. I'm create literally your, wearing this like an old school dude, major league catcher. Create your own look. Next week, Post Malone will be rocking that. Man. Create your own look. <laughs> it's man. probably true. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, look, I've worn some goofy stuff before back in my younger days at NASCAR races. That's always fun. All right, oh. this hat feels like yeah. it's empowering you today. So go right. ahead. What do you got for us? I'm always empowered. Oh, by the Carl. way, I, 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 what I, I, is the damn question, yeah, Squid <laughs> Billy? <laughs> It's said Squid Billy. <laughs> Artificial intelligence is all is everywhere, including Squid Billy's Yeah Man No Man segment. Hey, uh, you, that's awesome. One qu- real quick, I feel gr- I'm so energized today. It's beautiful outside. Mm-hmm. Feels like spring. The combine is here. It just it it's a, it's it it's exciting part of the season because yeah, we don't have football. But we got a lot of football news, and this is when we get re-energized yeah. for the upcoming season. The, the February is pretty much do- it is done after today because there's no it's not a leap year. So now it's look it's we spring into the new league year here soon, and it's just time to get excited and energized about what our teams may or may not do. So I kind of feeding off that energy today. Mm. Um, speaking of the combine, I, I don't I don't I don't know what I said there. Yeah, but what was the cliche there? The gratuitous happiness just got me a little oh, bit. Oh, well, well, but some people are happy. Oh, you know what? You know what? Hold on, hold on. You, you, you just keep close to that mic. You guys complain when I'm 
angry or, 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 no, no, or again, got, I, I got I, an I, attitude, and now you're, Chris is going to hey, complain that I'm happy. We're not in league with Chris on this. We're enjoying your positivity. Yeah, so pipe down there, turtle. It happens so infrequently. Yeah, but, so but, but, the, but the, the deal with you, Bo, it's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Coming up, we'll talk some dogs, some college football. Terry Fontenot on the way. The deal with you is your mood can change so quickly. Yeah. Am I right, Chris? Yeah. <clears throat> See? Oh, what, you cat got your tongue? All right, tough guy. You know what? Now you've lost your you've lost your right. Just try see, and now, turn it see, off. See, Chris, now you Chris, you have train wrecked the segment. Squid Billy was feeling good. There was positive vibes, <laughs> blue sky, green grass, and then you just <laughs> just completely wrecked it. Back right, to you, Bo. Where are we going with this? You feel great. The skies. Well, are blue. I'm getting around to the combine. The combine ah, starts today. Right, right. What is of all the things that come out of the combine? Hand size, mm. forty times, uh, broad why we, jump. Why are what we is my hand size? Hey, now quarterbacks. Oh, okay. What is the thing? That you least care about the ones, the one thing that comes out of you, you're like, I don't care about that. Only yeah. the forty, just the forty, because there's always you know, some explosive. It's a guy from a big school. There's always some guy from school you never heard of. Yeah. But things like you know Pacheco from Rutgers, that, that he was one of those interesting eyebrow raisers at the combine last year. So that's one of those things I would think the forty yard dash, forty. I mean, that's probably the only thing, right. unless you're really into the three cone drill. So for me, um, it's blatantly obvious, and I, I will ask you guys this question. I don't care how high you jump. How often do you jump 45 inches in an NFL game? Guys with the vertical jump is just one aspect of athleticism. None of these guys are dunking a basketball. But they, they take the vertical jump, and they make it out to be such a big deal. It's one aspect of athleticism mm. you combine it with all these other things and you go okay combined they're really good but i'll be honest a guy jumping 45 inches in the air in the nfl rarely happens if you talk about a block punt it's angles it's push up the middle it's never a guy that's coming over the top and jumping 50 inches in the air so i'm always taken back by the vertical jump it's Fun to watch a guy that can leap. But this isn't hoops. See, mine's always been bench press because while it's fun to see how strong people are, it doesn't matter how many times you can bench 225 because, by the way, a guy with short arms and a big chest, Mike, might be able to do more, 225 more, than a guy with longer arms because the distance is further. doesn't mean he's stronger. Because, again, for a guy, for instance, like uh, the, the tight end from, or I should say the, uh, the tackle from Northwestern everybody's talking about, You've got to have long arms to play the tackle position, and when you do have those short T-Rex type arms, that's one of those things which gonna it's a Skaronsky scares some of the scouts away, or makes you more likely to be a guard because you're going inside because there's less leverage. Tackles got to push the ed- the edges off to the side. Yeah, Chris, you got one. I'm gonna let you talk now. Thanks, Bo. It's the uh, Wonderlic <laughs> Wonderlic test for me because the guy who had the highest score ever was Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I think he played on 12 teams in the league. Yeah, so. but he went to Harvard. What do you expect? Yeah, but so but that goes to show you what does it really matter? Yeah, and Marino didn't have a great uh, Wonderlic. I mean, look, I, we've talked about this, Carl. The questions are racist in the Wonderlic test. How many yachts make up a regatta? Who's supposed to know the answer to that? Okay, wait a minute. That's not one of the questions. You just went somewhere. I don't even that's, know where a regatta that, is. That's not even on the test. See, that's what I'm saying. How, how, how do you think Fitzpatrick you? nailed it? I mean, how is somebody? I mean, I mean, how many miles is from Greenwich to Danbury, Connecticut? That's not a question most people would know. Well, how many brothers live in well, that area? There you go. You're, you're, you're feeling what I'm putting but down. Here, but here's the deal. Again, the combine. And Chris, I'm with you. This is why we hate these things. All right, Bo's asking us what's the one thing we hate. We all had different things. But it's the makeup of all of those things that right. that that you go. Is this guy going to be a good quarterback? I'm with you. The 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 Wonderlick by itself is a joke. 
Right. But By itself is a joke. But a guy could have hands of stone and still run a great 40 time. But, again, I just think I, – I watched the 40. I remember Pacheco. Pacheco, by the way, who was – of course, he got drafted in the seventh by the Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco ran a 4-3-7 40-yard dash at the combine last year. And to me, that's the only thing I'm remotely interested in. Again, again, Rich Eisen will do his thing in the Super Bowl. He does it for charity now, so you got to go along with it. Yeah. But it's just the, the 40s. So uh, I want to switch, switch over a little bit. The Braves promotional calendar came out. Obviously, we're getting ready for the season. Spring training this year. Dude. They, they got the Dukes and Bell bobblehead coming? Yeah. Well, we, um, we had the beer in the stadium, but a certain ballsless radio stations took it away. But, yeah, man, what, what, the, the bobblehead squid look amazing. Yeah, they've got uh, an outcast, May 25th, Ooh. the outcast bobblehead. So they've got um, uh, Big Boy and Andre 3000, which is sitting in what looks like a Cadillac. It's um, <laughs> sweet. It, and it one's look- wearing an old school, one's wearing a contemporary Braves uni, right, Bo? Yeah, and honestly, um, the the gray jersey that uh, Andre 2000 is uh, wearing, it looks like the one that he had on in the Players Ball uh, video. And um, the one that uh, Big Boy has on is like the old school Braves, mm-hmm. and that's like from I think that from Miss Jackson, the uh, yeah. Miss Jackson video. So they've kind of went on with that, but they also have some other stuff. Like they have a AJ Mentor bobblehead, okay, and they literally he's in cowboy hat. Uh, he looks like Garth. He was like going to Garth Brooks concert. Nice, which is Mentor's look. If you know, right. yeah. you know him. They've even got one the ninety. They've got a, a Fred McGriff one for Hall of Fame, but they've got one of Ron Gant. Um, it's going to be out July 19th, and it's when they, the night they got Fred McGriff in a trade. When the fire happened in the press box, there's a picture of Ron Gant holding his – he's got a bat in one hand and his other hand's up. He's holding his arms up. like. And the press box is totally engulfed in flames yes. over his shoulder. Right. Yes. So there's some pretty cool ones. That one will be on uh, July 19th. By the way, the mentor one will be September 26th. But I love – like they've, they've always done a really good job. But remember the uh, – the Freddie Freeman, Chipper Jones, ATV, mm-hmm. four wheeler. You know, I from had the, that one. I, I had that one at I home too. Yeah, right. When got, Chipper had to go bail him out on his ATV during the ice storm, right, Bo? Yeah, I mean, you know, some people Chipper didn't need an ATV. I mean, I just used my truck. But hey, you know what? Not hating. You no, no, saved no. your boy. No, it's good. It's good. But these ideas, this is fun stuff. Great, great ideas for Braves fans. It gets people excited to be at the park. By the way, did did you get a ring? You remember the people that were waiting in lines to yeah. get rings? Did anybody? Yeah. Did you guys get rings? I didn't get one from the team. My buddy is like an A-list member, and he got a couple in the mail. And for my birthday, he was like, "Hey, by the way, you know Oliver." He was like, "Hey, here you go. I know, so you, I know you want one. it." So, so he had an extra one. He's wow. like, "Here, I'm giving this to you." So I got one at home. Yeah, right. that was getting yeah. people excited. Everybody's waiting in line. They did it a couple of different times. This dude, was last season, dude, dude, they're heavy. Like they're legit. They're not. I thought it was going to be like uh, the cereal repli- box thing. Replica rings, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty legit. I have a couple from teams over the years, not not World Series, um, but they are, you know, National League Championship rings or, uh, you know, Conference Championship rings for football. Replica rings, and they are. They, if you didn't know the difference, if you wore it out, somebody just glanced at it, they would think it was real until you took it off and told them. Yeah, it's really cool, and it's a little big on my finger. I'd need like a spacer, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, all right, guys, we got to get out of here. As always, Yeah Man, No Man is brought to you by the W Sauce, America's Worcestershire Sauce, bigger, better, bolder. Get over to WSauce.com, find a retailer near you. You can find it on Amazon. And hey, got to mention my friends at the Georgia Hemp Company and the GeorgiaHempCompany.com. Use the code SquidBilly10 to get 10% off. And get over to their Twitter. Got a golf tournament April 17th. So check it out. There's, uh, there's some details on their website, and you can figure out how to plan that for uh, the Kyle Peasy Foundation, which is a great cause. Mm. Turtle, 
Hit your boss's music. I like it. Outcast uh, bobblehead night. What's the date again? But what, May twenty fifth. All right, I want to mark that down. That's what's up. Shout out to Big Boy. All right, guys, coming up, we're going to talk about the dogs. Glenn Schumann returns. Terry Fontenot, general manager of our Atlanta Hawks, on the midday show. Find out all the things he had to say, and Mike and I will tell you why everybody needs a new hoe. Coming up.